0: welcome to the waiver wired podcast i'm your host jen Piacenzi, and it is a thursday night thursday night football we're recording this live so if you happen to be watching this live on youtube twitter facebook or twitch please jump in with your questions your start sit questions for tonight or this weekend eddie um sunday was a wild one really
1: was it really was.
0: Thursday was a wild one. We still haven't recapped last Thursday's games, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, overall in general, the the broad feeling I had was if you drafted an elite wide receiver, you can sleep peacefully at night. Um
1: unless their name is CD Lamb. Had, then yeah, then unless then you then have name but
0: he was not first round. Yeah, um, true. He was stuck around, but yes, yes. We're going to talk about C.D. Lamb shortly. If you, as you know, did the usual running back heavy first few picks, you might be feeling a little bit uncomfortable uh, going into the next few weeks. And if you drafted some quarterbacks that you were counting on, like Tom Brady and Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, you could be feeling a little uh, gloomy today. So uh, let's just kick off this episode with, it was one week. Everybody calm down. We mentioned this last week. Aaron Rodgers last year got stomped 38-3. to No touchdowns whatsoever by the Saints. Um, bad weeks happen. What's hard is that it happened in the first week. And I don't know about you, Eddie, but most of my teams didn't actually win. I've never had a fantasy football season like this. So I'm trying to, like, breathe and tell my, talk myself off a ledge, too. But what I saw on Sunday was a whole lot of sloppy football.
1: I had a, a miserable week of fantasy as well, uh, but I'm <laughs> with you. It's it's week one. A lot of wonky stuff happened. The theme that I'm kind of getting um, that it just seems like coaches don't really – they haven't really prepared their star players, their starters, the people that we draft in fantasy – they're really wasting July and August and that bleeds into right. the regular season. And that's why everyone's kind of just saying like, you know, uh, it's why college football, they, they a lot of teams, they, they schedule these like little cupcake games because they can get kind of used to what's going on. The NFL doesn't really have that. I mean, they do, it's called the preseason, but the preseason is it no is. longer a thing because no, no good players play in the preseason. And then we saw that with so many games come down to like just bad coaching decisions. And like, you know, we, we saw it, but like the Aaron Rodgers not having a great game, like a lot of just rustiness overall And it's I think it starts really with the coaching and the lack of putting players in game time scenarios in July and August. And that coach is doing a really bad job.
0: Yeah. And I think everybody's so worried about injury. People are still out of sync from covid the last couple of years. Everybody's so delicate and all of those things had to happen. And it's just hard to get back into the rhythm And us as fantasy analysts sitting around prognosticating all off-season, it can be really frustrating because we want to see you guys in mid-season form. We don't want to see you, Rusty, uh, coming back out, but that's what happened. And um, so what we're going to talk about a lot today is probably taking a deep breath and who we should press the panic button on and who we should just give them a few more chances before we freak out. We can obviously start with that Thursday night game, but let's go ahead and kind of talk about the top news of the day. And that is that tonight Keenan Allen will be out for Thursday night football as will Harrison Butker. Um, how are you betting this game tonight, Eddie? This is a tough one for me. I broke it down a lot of different ways. I'll tell you my favorite player prop from it. But um, how, how are you betting this game in general? Because again, my picks, for, I have never had a worst week of picks. Than last Sunday.
1: Oh well, I mean, in our extra points league, I went like think one and fourteen. I think last year I finished third. I was behind Harry and Dave I,
0: and I finished, like, fifth overall. Sometimes we were great. At yeah, we were very good. Season, I was like third. I could not pick anything. And Martin, Martin, Martin had a great week. Martin, Martin great week. guys, that's how you know that something's off.
1: First week. Martin had a great week. Right he was the lone wolf on uh, on one of the games there. Uh, he won $10 from all of us. Um, so I, I think I'm going to have to like Costanza myself and go and just do the opposite of what I think. But uh, I think for this game, you know, the the Chiefs last week, I, I picked the Cardinals. we talking about it. I, I like the Cardinals a lot. You like the Cardinals a lot uh, to make a, a deep postseason run. And I just think that. The, the Chiefs, we were really concerned about how their offense is going to look. It's no Tyree Kill the whole offseason. They're going to change what they do. They, they, who's going to be the leading uh, receiver? Are they going to start implementing a run game? And Mahomes came out and they spread the ball like crazy. Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, had his resurgence, had a great game, and they yeah, just kind of... continue. I, I don't think so either. and I'm sure we'll get to that, but I, I just like any reproof that they could still do this without Tyree Kill. And um, the Chargers had a close game too. I, I feel like the Raiders could have won that game if Derek Carr. Throw as many interceptions. I know some people are high in the Chargers. I am not as high in the Chargers. I still think the Chiefs are the cream of the crop in the AFC West. Uh, and uh, leading to my pick for tonight, I still think at home the Chiefs uh, will win this game uh, and cover. I just, I just think their offense looks just so good. And Patrick Holmes is proving again that he still is the best. Maybe we kind of forgot about that.
0: I saw the spread had moved to five and a half. You think they cover five and a half?
1: I think they'll win by a touchdown. Yeah, I think the Chargers on the road. I think that the the game it was a sloppy-ish game last week. Uh, and I, I don't get me wrong. The Chargers going to be a, have a, they're going to have a great year. Uh, but okay. I think losing. Keenan I'm just out play hurts.
0: devil's advocate. But that Chargers on the road thing. They won the road game last year. Well, they're always early. on the road.
1: They're always on the road, basically. They don't well, that's even true, have they are team. always on the yeah. road. But
0: they won the game at Arrowhead last yeah. year, early in the season. So, that, I mean, I, I really have trouble. It's hard for me not to take the points with the Chargers, though, because I just feel like if you're giving me points when I think two teams are really good, most people, I think, agree with you that the Chiefs are going to cover. And who yeah. am I to say? Because I had a terrible week last week. But
1: Yeah, and uh, a, quick, a quick betting thing, too. I mean, turn about taking the points this week. I think across the board, a lot of games, like eight, nine, ten points to take. Uh, yeah. that, that's definitely weak to do that. But this is, I just think the Chiefs are just a pissed off team, and like if you're drafting some Chiefs players, and they're going to spread the ball around, they're going to score some points for you because like they're on a mission. It seems like all of this kind of naysayers, and uh, shout out to Tyreek Hill too, had a you know fine game himself in Miami now, but it, they could do it. They could do it without him.
0: Yeah, okay, well, let me, again, playing devil's advocate, you mentioned um, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Derek Carr threw three interceptions, but maybe that had to do with how good the Chargers' defense is, right? And they sacked him what five times. So yeah. I, I'm thinking that this defense is going to be able to get to Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, one of my favorite props for tonight, it was plus 100 two days ago. It has moved to minus 141. Is a Patrick Mahomes interception. Because when there's supposed to be this many points happening in a game, the game's going to have the ball in the air a lot. And Patrick Mahomes has thrown an interception in basically like every game he's ever played versus the Chargers. And sometimes he throws two. So I, I feel like, That's going to happen. And I think it's... And by the way, Justin Herbert's only minus 110 to throw an interception. So we'll see now. No Keenan Allen that works against him. Mm -hmm. But if you're at home right now, if you're playing a DFS slate, consider Josh Palmer, consider Gerald Everett. These are people that could be valuable tonight when you're building your slate. As far as Chiefs wide receivers, you know, Juju looked great the first half and then he disappeared. So like for fantasy... Is there any clarity? No. Maybe you can you can trust Clyde edwards Lair that he's really the first guy, okay? I don't think he's going to be setting the world on fire every week like that. I think the Arizona Cardinals were that bad more than the Chiefs were that good. It was kind of a perfect storm of that. But even still, guys, even still, Kyler was able to somehow pull off three pa- two passing touchdowns, three total touchdowns. You know, like it You could still beat that Chiefs defense. So I do expect the over here.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I and and I know I am saying I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but I, I love that prop about throwing the interception. If you have Patrick Holmes and you're starting him tonight, there is a chance of the interception. Like it's no secret, the Chargers clearly are building their defense to basically compete with the Chiefs. Uh, you have the Derwin James kind of shadowing Travis Kelsey. You have the edge rushers, and you have Bosa. They bring Khalil Mack. That's, I mean, no quarterback wants to hear the names Mack and Bosa and have to face uh, face off against that. So it's going to be a great game. Um, I just I don't know. I just full my my head telling me that it's, it's it's going to be a, a Chiefs victory. So I think if you have some Chiefs players, like you said, over on the, the the point total, so that's a good sign for everyone uh, involved in this game.
0: And as far as fantasy starters, I don't see how you're not starting your guys in these games. Basically all your guys. I can't, you know, of course there's going to be some toss-ups. Um, if we have some YouTube questions, let's go to those. Let's go to those now.
1: Tight end word here from Albert.
0: I would go with Ertz. Um I know that Ertz is supposedly injured. So uh, if you're concerned about that injury and you want to play Everett tonight, uh, you can definitely play Everett. He's in a really, really good spot in a vacuum. I like Ertz. So if you want to play it safe, go ahead and put Everett in because there is a potential of Ertz snap count, Ertz injury, but it's a great matchup for Ertz again. It's also a good matchup for Everett. So um, just depends on how you want to play.
1: And we have another question coming. It's a trade uh, proposition. Oh, okay. What's Trade offered- here. James Robinson, Tyler Boyd for Zeke. Could use some water receiver depth. I'm not a fan of how the Cowboys use Zeke. I'm giving up on him too early. Trade well, but it Zeke. is it is week one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> trade Zeke. Um I love Zeke and actually Ze- Zeke looked awesome. Um, last week, I mean, he averaged 5.2 yards per attempt. He looked good. The problem is now with no Dak and just Cooper rush, all teams are going to need to do is shut down Zeke. So I think he's going to take a beating, uh, matchups, not that good. If he's going to be taking a beating, uh, I think it's just going to be rough times for Zeke and James Robinson. Uh, On the other hand, looked so much better than anybody should look coming back from Achilles surgery. He's still going to be in a bit of a committee, I'm sure. But Tyler Boyd's the next guy up if T. Higgins or Jamar Chase gets injured. So if you need a wide receiver, which you said you do, I would be just as comfortable trying to roll with James Robinson right now because of Zeke's situation. So, yeah, I would do the trade. What do you think,
1: I, I, you know, the Cowboys, to me, are the, the hot topic of this week is the Dak injury and the fall. And we've the whole thing, you know, Zeke or Tony Pollard. And then obviously CeeDee Lamb, could he ascend to that really elite level of wide receiver? And I thought he could. Um, I think. Jerry Jones, like his comment is about how quick Dak can come back and they're almost reluctant to want to look. I know Mike McCarthy, is looking at what quarterbacks are available, but I, I still feel like they're just going to like try to out, Cooper Rush kind of weather the storm. And then when, when Dak comes back, um, so I, in that regard, I think that it, Zeke will have to be used more because when you're going into a game with Cooper Rush, who's not one of the higher-end backups, I just feel like they're going to have to utilize him in every way possible. Um, you know, I, I'm somebody who has uh, drafted Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. I'm more worried about those guys getting the ball than I think the running backs, too. But the reverse is that defenses now also know this, so it's going to make life a lot harder for Pollard and Zeke.
0: I mean, you have to start CeeDee Lamb because of where you drafted him because he's an elite wide receiver. You have to start CeeDee Lamb. I think you have to start Dalton Schultz because Dalton Schultz um, still saw, what did he catch, seven of his nine targets last week, and he had an an incredible target share. And when you have an inexperienced quarterback, which obviously Cooper Rush is, he's going to be looking to – you know, for the shorter passes. I think Dalton Schultz could benefit. Now, C.D. Lamb, how they're going to use him in the slot, outside, whatever, maybe they're going to have to move that around based on who their quarterback is. I have this weird gut feeling, and this is just a gut feeling from Jen, so don't take this to the bank, but certainly for DFS lineups, if you're doing a contrarian one, that it's Tony Pollard that might end up being the sneaky play here because Cooper Rush could decide he's going to dump it off to Pollard when he gets into trouble. And defenses may be so worried about stopping Zeke. If they can use Zeke a little bit, almost like a decoy, then Pollard actually breaks free either as a slot receiver or just as a runner. So I don't know. I feel like Kellen Moore could scheme for that. And I could just be making that up. I am not a football, you know, scheme genius. But for a DFS play, he's so inexpensive. I like it for your weekly leagues. I'm nervous about it. You probably have a better flex option.
1: Uh, we have some Twitter questions. We'll get. Let's to grab them. But but to stay quickly on this on this Cowboys thing, doesn't yeah. it doesn't scare you like like Dak they're rushing him back from the surgery oh. and 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 he has like this thumb injury. Like that's to me, that's like a season long lingering thing that could affect. It's like a trickle down thing to me. I don't I don't know. I part yeah. of it's like give this guy some time. Give him a break.
0: So my initial reaction was that I was really upset about it and I didn't like it at all. And I thought it was a huge mistake and they should just actually make a trade, all of that. But the more I thought about it and listened to some of what Stefania Bell said, the more I feel that this could be more about opening up his practice window than about actually opening up his game playing window. Because if, if he's on the IR for four weeks and if he has a surgery and it doesn't cause a lot of scar tissue then he could be able to at least start practicing in minimal ways. And that may be what they're thinking about. So I'm a little less angry about it than I was originally. Originally, I was livid, livid. Well, um, know. And I know a lot of people think that it's time to just move on from DAC altogether, which I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, can uh, see that uh, argument too.
1: Yeah, well, um yeah, that's the hot topic of the league for but sure. But the real problem
0: is, let's talk about the real problem. Let's talk about the fantasy problem. Unless they put Dak on the IR, you have to hold a spot for him on your bench. And are you right. going to do that? Mm-hmm. That's the real question. So it really depends on how deep your bench is. You know, we saw Russell Wilson come back from a hand injury, right? And yes. he was rusty the first few, but then he was yeah. good. But it did take a while. It, if you have the room, I think you have to try to keep room for Dak because down the stretch, you could get some great games. But if you don't, you can't wait too long. You just, you can't wait too long. Part of me, thinks know.
1: that like the Cowboys should, maybe Jimmy G's a little too pricey, but there are some guys out there, maybe Drew Locke. Like I know his his chances in Seattle really didn't work out, but I, I just feel like if you have a mobile quarterback like a Dak Prescott, you probably should invest in a better, a slightly better backup. I'm not really sure what uh, Dallas was thinking there. mostly like, because, you know, Dak has been hurt a few times before. Um, but anyway, we, we do have some uh, Twitter questions here. J-U-P-S-34 is asking, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Miles Sanders in half-point PPR?
0: I would go Clyde Edwards a Let me just double check that I'm telling you the truth on that. But uh, yeah, my gut is Clyde Edwards a Let me check one thing. Um,
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, CEH is going to be a guy that people drafted, unsure if they should start him every week because of this whole new, you know, Chiefs offense uh, going on this year. And I feel like you're going to have weeks like you did last week where, you know, I had him on one team, did not start him, he burned me. I feel like I'm going to put him in the lineup and then he's going to, you know, do a typical CEH game that really helped you a lot. So I feel like this year is going to be a lot of back and forth on on Clyde edwards Lair.
0: So, you know, Miles Sanders' uh, matchup is a lot better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. My concern is that they're going to cycle him through with Kenneth Gainwell. Um, And the matchup is better.
1: The next Twitter question we had here from uh, at Marcelo: Unda, uh, Mike Evans or Michael Thomas?
0: Um. Wow. These are great questions. You guys, Mike Evans or Michael Thomas. I still lean Mike Evans. The issue is I think like every bucks wide receiver is on the injury report right now. Yeah. Um, so you're going to need to check on that. They're playing in the same game. Obviously they're both playing against good defenses, but I trust, um, I trust Mike Evans more than I trust Michael Thomas.
1: And we have a question coming in from B Flex 1985 another Dallas Cowboys question. I have a lot of running back depth on my team. Is it worth trying to get Zeke or CD Lamb as a stash?
0: Yeah. Did somebody drop Zeke and CD Lamb, or are you thinking of making a trade?
1: It sounds like when he says he has depth, I'm assuming trade. Hopefully he'll, he'll write back in. But it, I, my take is that if he has depth, he means he has parts to move. So I assume that's a, a trade.
0: I would, I would probably make the trade for C.D. Lamb if you could. Um, again, you may not get much for C.D. Lamb or Zeke until midway through the season when they have a set. I, I just feel like it's so tricky until we see at least one game with Cooper Rush. But what we saw so far was not encouraging.
1: I, it's so funny you said that because I, in one of my leagues, I, I have C D Lamb and I'm looking to, you know, draft him the second round and I'm like, this is going to be a great year for him. I was really projecting high and then the injury happens. I'm like, I got to move him. I'm going to do the terrible thing. And I'm going to trade. I'm going to sell low and um, I'm about to hit, like, you know, send the trade. I probably would have gotten the trade because I'm getting not much in return. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's click cancel trade. Let's just see what happens in week two. I cannot overreact. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you're making me feel better. I think you're making me feel everyone better about this uh the cd lamb will injury to dak that affects cd lamb
0: yeah i think we just have to pump the brakes a little bit like we're all panicking and we all want to be smart and be on the smart side of a trade or a move but in reality cd lamb is still an elite wide receiver and kellen moore is a very very good offensive coordinator and if kellen moore is worth his salt at all he'll find a way to make sure cd lamb is still used So, and again, CeeDee Lamb, remember, previously played in the slot. Now he's been lining up outside, but you can move him all around. So CeeDee Lamb should still have a lot of opportunities. Looks like we got another question.
1: Yeah, another question coming through Twitter from uh, at Lolo Hefe. Wide receiver question here. Uh, Josh Palmer or Jahan Dotson? Josh Palmer. There you go.
0: I like Jahan Dotson a lot the long term, but we're just talking about for this week. So for this week, I'm going uh, Josh Palmer because of the situation. It's a better situation.
1: Oh, and they followed up. Cut Tony Kadarius Tony for Palmer or Dotson. Um, you know, I'm ugh. out. I'm That's out
0: okay. on Kadarius Tony. How do you feel on Kadarius Tony? I have a feeling that he he's going to be a problem for the Giants and not in a good way.
1: There's clearly something going on with him behind the scenes. Um, I mean, his interview they had when he said, you know, how could he be disappointed in in, in a win? He's winning. That's crazy. I know he tweeted something before making, you know, making fun of people who don't play football. I guess he's mad at the media. But I think, you know, uh, Brian Dayball and and maybe even as high up as Joe Shane, they know there's something going on. They can't play this guy because of the effort. Maybe that being said, when he's in the game and he touches the ball, he's electric. So I feel like what's gonna happen with him is eventually he'll be moved from the Giants and um uh, he'll be really good for somebody else because the you know it's it's glaring when Wandale Robinson went down with the injury and Tony still didn't pick up the snaps in a very close game. And that to me was he had a little seven bit yeah. he played seven That's snaps. Yeah. Played
0: seven snaps on Sunday. That's bad. And Jahan Dotson is the kind of receiver that can be used all over the field. He can be used as a slot, he can be used outside, he's super talented and um I just, yeah. And Palmer, um, well, you know, he's not going to be as, I think Jahan Dotson will be more usable on a weekly basis, but Palmer in the right situation and the right matchups is going to be massive. And we're going to see a lot tonight. Now, a lot of people may be thinking about DeAndre Carter, who's also a good add on the wire, waiver wire. He was the one that came in when, when Keenan Allen left, he was the direct replacement for Keenan Allen in the three wide, wide receiver sets. But Palmer actually played more snaps and was in uh, for more routes. So I think it just kind of happened to fall That way. Certainly, we should see something from Mike Williams. I'm definitely firing up Mike Williams. You guys knew what you were getting when you're drafting Mike Williams. You knew it was going to be boomer bust, so you shouldn't be surprised by last week. This week should be better for him. I think he and Palmer will be the ones featured, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Carter and he's definitely somebody I'm stashing in deeper leagues. Let's grab some more questions.
1: We got a YouTube one here from Mr. Scampers. Thanks for writing it on YouTube. Uh, half PPR needs two: Jeff Wilson, Juju shark and Christian Kirk, JC Jackson being active as leaning, uh, le- has me leaning off of Juju. Yeah, that's correct. JC Jackson is playing tonight.
0: I am definitely in on Christian Kirk. He was a target monster, and I, especially in a PPR. I know it's half PPR. Christian Kirk is a must-start. I think Chark is usually a flex. Um, Jeff Wilson, I expect to have a good game versus Seattle. Look, you know, as long as he doesn't fumble in the end zone, you know, Gordon and Williams should have had touchdowns versus that Seattle team last week, and they, they're able to be beat so I am leaning here Jeff Wilson because you know we're playing for the touchdown there really and Christian Kirk those are my picks who do you like Eddie
1: out of this one I'm I'm kind of with yeah I'm with that on the Juju thing I if if Juju like you said before Jen if he didn't kind of tail off at the end of that game I would say I like him but JC Jackson coming back is, is a tough one uh I I I, I feel weird. I think the the Jaguars are going to have a really good game. And I think the the Colts kind of scare me in this matchup. I know they're, they're home dogs right now, the Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have his like, welcome to the NFL moment. And I think it's going to come up soon. They pay Christian Kirk a lot of big bucks. So I feel like if there's ever a game to have, and it, it's the underwhelming Colts uh, with the Jaguars, I'm, I'm betting high on, on that one.
0: So you would start Christian Kirk?
1: I just think that the Jaguars aren't. It's it, the AFC South is such a strange division. And I think we have the Titans kind of under being underwhelming. You have the, uh, like I said, you know the the culture of taking care of business versus Texans. Texans shouldn't be very good. So the Jaguars, it's like their time to shine, and they they just I I just feel like this is the moment where Trevor Lawrence has to step up. Uh, he's past the Urban Meyer uh, you know era, and I just think if you're putting that much money into Christian Kirk, you have to. I just there. like
0: that. He's uh he's gonna be up against cornerback uh Kenny Moore. Um Stop. Stop. <laughs> who, yeah, he allowed a seventy one point four percent catch rate and a one thirty eight point seven uh passer rating in week one. So fire up Christian Kirk.
1: Uh, Then we have questions coming in here from Twitter Uh, at Ryan Sandy tight end question, Everett or Kittle. Uh, I know Kittle was not practicing as of late, right? I I would start Everett
0: tonight. I wouldn't wait on Kittle.
1: Uh, we have another one coming and By the in. way,
0: guys, remember, get everybody out of your flex positions. Put them in the spot. No flex players. Do not let anyone playing in a Thursday night game go into your flex. And by the way, pretty much, if you have starters that you like, you're probably playing them in tonight's game.
1: Right, we still have about an hour. Right, is is the prime kickoff still the same time five five twenty Pacific? Yeah, eight
0: twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so you guys have some time there. Uh, B Flex coming up with another question on Twitter: Kamara, Fournette, or Dylan? Who should I bench? It's standard non PPR scoring. Dylan,
0: Kamara, Fournette. I would bench Kamara.
1: Wow, wow, well, and I feel bad because I'm starting in Kamara one league.
0: Well, it's a standard league.
1: Yeah, true. If yeah, it was no, a PPR yeah, league, yeah. my
0: answer would be different. That's but true. in a standard league, that is my answer because you're really just playing for a touchdown and, and Dylan is the goal guy and Fournette is a goal guy and Kamara, I'm not so sure about. He's very valuable if he's going to get catches, but against that tough Bucks run defense, eh, I don't love it. And he's dealing with a ribbon jury that they didn't tell us about. Thanks, guys. Um, speaking of running backs, J.K. Dobbins was a full participant in practice. I don't think there's any question that he is the lead back in that room, and I'm looking forward to him coming back. If they say he's playing this week, I'm kind of putting him in a flex spot because I don't know if he'll be 100%, but I'm looking forward to him being back in full swing. Uh, We mentioned George Kittle didn't practice Wednesday. Najee Harris. Let's talk about the Najee Harris injury while we're talking about running backs. So the injury he had was to his same foot as the LeFranc surgery he says he's fine he says he's gonna play guys I don't care you need to go get Jalen Warren if you can if he wasn't already snapped up go ahead and grab him especially if you have Najee Harris because if an injured running back injures his same foot what are the odds he's probably going to get injured again and I can't think of another potential league winner uh, it, it's a better situation than any other situation because Mike Tomlin only uses one back. And what we saw on Sunday was that Jalen Warren played 100% of the snaps when he left 100%. That is no small numbers. So if you wondered who the handcuff was, it's Jalen Warren. You know, we saw Jeff Wilson Jr. play 76% of the snaps when Eli Mitchell went out, still a strong indicator that he's the main guy, but nothing like Jalen Warren. So check out Jalen Warren. Um, and Deandre Swift did not practice. Not too worried about that one. That sounds like maybe it's just a tweak, mm-hmm. but definitely keep your eye on that. We have another running back question coming in. Let's grab it.
1: Yeah. Lolo tweeted back into us, uh, needs one out of Josh Jacobs, Rashad Penny and Jeff Wilson jr. This is a half point PPR.
0: Rashad Penny, Josh Jacobs, Jeff Wilson jr.
1: Yeah. Half PPR, half point.
0: I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs.
1: There you go. We got another question coming here from uh, Mr. Scammers again on YouTube. Half-point PPR. Christian Watson or Garrett Wilson? Gross, I know. Well, you said it on me.
0: Christian Watson.
1: He, that, that ball he dropped from Aaron Rodgers really – it ca- it basically cost me a win in one of those leagues. What was like a 75-yard touchdown. That was just like – talk about rust in week one, man. That was – and Rodgers coming out saying that he's like, you know, I'm just going to keep playing the way I have to play and uh, the receivers have to catch up, which I, I guess is really what he should say. I mean, he, he isn't –
0: There's a lot of argument I mean, about that. Is yeah. that going to continue to work or is it not? Um, I don't know.
1: They, I mean, they didn't want to give them any help in the off season. So, I mean, I I think you'll you'll see them, you'll see them eventually kind of, I think they're going to have to step up. Yeah. That they'll, that, and they'll just transition to a run based team, which I think is, which uh, is exciting uh, for
0: us who have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And I have a lot. Um, Let's talk about a few things that are just general topics that I think Mm -hmm. everybody's asking about. Um, One of those is, can we trust the Rams offense? I mean, we kind of kicked off this show with the idea that we thought that it was very sloppy and all of that. I think ultimately we can trust the Rams offense. Um, One of the observations I made is that Cooper Cup is clearly the first read every single time, every single time now alan robinson was someone that we all expected to be really really good and i even had him in a starting lineup and we were all like where's the milk carton with alan robinson's face Mm because he is nowhere to be found um but what's really interesting is that he still ran a lot of routes um he didn't get a lot of targets um i looked at some of the tape it looked like he was open a few times it's just that Stafford wasn't looking for him. So I'm not overly concerned yet. I'm not starting him this week. I'll tell you that I'm watching, um, but I'm not overly concerned that he won't ease his way in because remember last year, how long it took for Matt Stafford to trust Robert Woods. Yep. And then right around the time they started clicking, of course, Robert Woods got injured and it took him a few weeks to get used to OBJ too. So I'm not panicking on Alan Robinson yet, but yeah.
1: I, uh, I definitely don't, I know they brought Odell Beckham there for the first game and they have his locker there. I definitely don't want them to sign Odell Beckham because that will just ruin any value. Right. Um, I, I also think what was a little discouraging was, you know, obviously the bills missing Tredavious white and, and a Rob still kind of being shut out was very strange, but I also think this, the bills in general are a great team and they're going to, they're going to Beat everyone like they kind of beat the Rams. I feel like they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So and, and also goes back to the week one rust. You still these starters are not playing full games with each other. They don't have the chemistry That's yet. Right. So like I I would not panic yet on him. Uh, really, the main issue is just like keep Odell away from the Rams because then it's going to ruin the value. Um, not not Cup, but a Rob definitely and maybe if you have uh, you know a tight end or whatever. The the my concern with the Rams is like Cam Akers, and I'm sorry for those who are like me, that drafted him pretty early in, in some leagues, and you have a guy that you definitely trusted in the playoffs, because he seems like he's finally healthy, he's finally going to be the guy, and then when you and the coach are having a public media kind of spat at each other and him saying he has to give the effort, it's never good, and like I didn't start him this week, because I just, when you have three rushing attempts, and your coach is like saying your yeah, is not giving effort, I have no reason to believe that he's going to all of a sudden have 25 carries in, in week two, so I need to see it before I can start believing into it. So that's, that's a huge moment for me. And I'm sure many others.
0: Yes. The can maker situation. So I do believe that Daryl Henderson is definitely the guy that you're starting. Uh, he wasn't particularly efficient or particularly good, but he's no. definitely the guy that is the number one guy right now. Um, I think another thing people weren't taking into consideration is Cam Maker's soft tissue injury. Everyone was like thinking it was about the Achilles, but I don't think it was just about the Achilles. I think there was a soft tissue injury there as well. I think overall, what we should be expecting is a bounce back this week um, from Matt Stafford because the matchup is good. Um, It's especially good for Cooper Cup. Um, So I think. We're going to see that, you know, they're facing the Falcons. The Falcons were very generous to Jameis Winston. They made him look amazing. Um, speaking of the saints, let's go to that game really quick. Uh-huh. Um, Michael Thomas was like nowhere to be found. And then he got those two touchdowns in the end. Now he had the same amount of targets around the same amount of routes as Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis Landry played more snaps and Jarvis Landry ended up leading the team with catches and yards. So when I look at that team, Landry is actually the one I'm more interested in because I believe he's going to give me that solid floor from week to week that's going to help me put up decent numbers to beat my opponents. As opposed to Michael Thomas, I still don't have a feeling of it being a definite lock situation that was a little bit touchdown dependent. Um, and you just can't gamble on those every week. So Jarvis Landry, somebody that if you're in a a 10 team league might be someone you might consider. Let's grab a few YouTube questions.
1: We have our pal, Martin Weiss, asking a few questions here on YouTube. He has Dobbins and Swift is neat to look on the waiver wire. Uh, Nice pun intended running backs due to injury.
0: I don't think so. I think you're good because I'm pretty sure Swift is really going to play. And if he, uh, and if he doesn't, I would be fine plugging in Dobbins, but Martin, give me who's on um, the waiver wire for you to grab potentially Saturday night or Sunday morning so I can tell you the priority of those if neither Swift or Dobbins are playing.
1: In the meantime, he has another part two while he gets that answer. He needs to pick three or four here out of Debo, Bateman, Olave, and Adam Thielen, and it's full point PPR.
0: I would go Debo. Debo's a lock. Debo Bateman feeling didn't it. really get the targets I wanted. Yeah, um,
1: Feeling also was kind of underwhelming. I mean, Feeling still also, the show.
0: but the matchup's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Eagles the defense gave up you know 35 points to the Detroit Lions. I feel like the Vikings should do similar.
0: Yeah. Um. You know what? I'm gonna sit Bateman this week.
1: It's that's a tough game. Baltimore Dolphins mm-hmm. could be. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with. Uh, And we have another one over here from Mr. Scamper's uh, half-point PPR, A-Rob. We're talking about Henderson or Gabe Davis.
0: I'm going to go ahead and roll here with Gabe Davis. Um, I really think it's legit. And I don't think Dawson Knox is going to overtake Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis is just quite simply his favorite red zone target now. So it's Davis for me.
1: We got one coming in from Twitter from uh, Ryan Sandy. Again, uh, Palmer, Zay Jones, or Robert Woods. And it's uh, PPR. Palmer. There you go. And thank you everyone for YouTube questions. Keep them coming. Twitter, yeah. Twitch, Facebook, all that. We uh, Keep them rolling. And we'll
0: yep. keep rolling with uh, general things in between while you guys uh, tee them up. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. The commanders. Are the commanders legit? What's up? I mean... Maybe, okay, are the Jaguars that bad or are the Commanders that good? Because Carson Wentz, okay, threw a couple picks, but 313 yards and four touchdowns. And I think what was most interesting is there was some fantasy gold here for us, for the waiver wire. So number one, Curtis Samuel, who I was so happy to see. Um, Last year, kind of irrelevant due to injury, but now I I, I keep thinking, wow, wow, this guy led the team in targets. He had 11 targets. Um, He found the end zone. And he could be a perfect guy in this system where we're still kind of searching for a running back, right? We're waiting for Brian Davis to come back, uh, Brian Robinson to come back. And um, Antonio Gibson actually looked pretty good. I mean, the whole team was very interesting. Carson Wentz is somebody that I would absolutely pick up to replace Dak Prescott. And maybe it's that the Jaguars defense was that bad. And if that's the case, I mean, wheels up for Matt Ryan this weekend in your DFS and he is a value, value, value. And Matt, Michael Pittman, who we were just laughing about how cheap he was. What did he, what did he have 120 yards last week on a touchdown? And he saw like a ginormous target share. Um, he's cheap again this week. Um, and his player prop is like 65 and a half yards. That's it for his receiving yards versus this Jaguars team. Um, I'm all over it.
1: Andre. Yeah, the, the I know I was just was saying the Jaguars I I think they should have a good week uh, this and I, you know we're waiting for them to take the next step and the, their defense definitely is it's a young defense and I, and I think in a few years it will be pretty good obviously they spent the number 1 overall pick on on Walker the edge rusher but I I you know the Colts the Colts really should have won that when I mean, you have arguably the best running back in football and he has a great game, Pippen like you just said, great game, and they still you you know, the, you don't win that game versus the Texans. It's just I don't know. I, I just feel like the Jaguars could have a good game. I think it was a week one rust. Uh and but talking about in regards to the to the commanders I I mean I hate to say this is wearing a Giants hat but I, I do feel like maybe Carson Wentz has found the right spot for him and maybe like the addition of the guys they have like you said when they get Robinson back they should have a nice complete backfield Jahan Dodson I mean if anyone watched him in at Penn State you know that he's a great receiver so the ca- like the catch that one of the catches he made in the end zone I was just like man this guy's going to so be me nightmares for years to come um so they they're building a nice squad over there and I I do think they'll they'll surprise some people you know it's it's funny that everyone was kind of uh, ahead of the curve on. Them because they thought, you know, when they, uh, with their defense and how good their, their, their front four were, they're going to have a great, you know, shut you down defense. But now it's like the offense that actually could surprise you. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams gave up on Carson Wentz, the Eagles, the Colts, but maybe, like I said, he found a spot that could work for him. The nice young pieces there. I would not be shocked if they go on a, a semi run here and maybe battle for a playoff spot now with the Cowboys dealing with Dak Prescott's injury.
0: Yeah. Um, they're a big surprise and a good surprise. Now it's been one week, so let's not overreact. Let's not anoint Carson Wentz the MVP yet, but he definitely seems like someone you can plug in in that, plug in in that uh, Dak Prescott spot. Um, speaking of the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Waddell looked amazing. And somehow Tua still didn't give him any fantasy points. I don't even know how you pull that one off, to be honest. Um, It's like the polar opposite of Geno Smith, right? Geno Smith looked um, pretty darn good. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, like nowhere to be found. Like, how do you even do this? I'm not sure, but they both pulled it off. Um, I think Tua has kind of gone down as far as I'm concerned, as far as what he can do. Did you see the press conference he had earlier where he said, he's not that big of a guy, so if he can't see you... You Can't see him, yeah. I don't good. know how many yeah, guys put yeah. on you a press conference and say I'm not that big of a guy, but congrats. You when your quarterback yeah. says
1: that, really, really good. For the bravery. Yeah, I, it, it's the, yeah. He's a guy. I, I, if you ever had to separate fantasy from uh actual football, I feel like the dolphins are, are going to be fine with Tua. I, and I feel like in fantasy, like you were saying, like the, the receivers actually had a great game and, and Hill's debut there in South Beach, but. Uh, unless like they're catching like quick slants and going seventy five yards to the house, it just it's hard to see Tua consistently having you know three hundred plus yard passing games, two plus passing touchdown games. I just it, he's going to be a very inconsistent fantasy quarterback. That being said, I do see the um, the Dolphins actually being a, a pretty solid team now. For, I know I'm not trying to overreact to Week One, but it was a great win versus the Patriots. This Week Two game, like we talked about before, versus the Ravens, that's going to say a lot. So I'm um, excited to see that game this weekend, but uh, we'll know more on. Monday.
0: Let's pick up um, Martin's follow up.
1: Yeah. So he has uh, Dawkins, Swift, and James Cook rostered, and these are their waiver wire picks now. A lot of running backs there Herbert, Bolden, Benjamin, Horvath, McKinnon, Moss, Boston Scott, Josh Kelly, B. White. Uh, okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. If both of those guys aren't playing, um, then the move is Khalil Herbert. But only if both of those guys aren't playing.
1: There you go, Martin. We're helping you Mm -hmm. out. And everyone listen to Lemon Pepper Parlay. Will Blackman, new co host with Martin. Great stuff. First episode. Very excited to hear those guys all season long.
0: I'm gonna give you a minute now to wax poetic if you'd like to about Saquon Barkley because I feel he earned it.
1: It it was so refreshing and so great to see Saquon back, you know, and you when you put in a competent GM and a competent head coach, and, and they're calling aggressive plays, and, and then just like, when Daniel Jones throws the ball downfield, what does that do? It makes the defense back up, gives Saquon more you know more space to run. When you go draft a guy like Evan Neal, right tackle, Andrew Thomas is becoming a very good left tackle, um, and their interior line was a great job at run blocking. Like It's just the schemes, and the play calling was just so great. The effort Saquon gave on the two-point conversion, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. I'm glad that he's healthy from a Giants fan perspective, and from a human level, just as a, a, a football fan, seeing what that guy did at Penn State, and then it's like you know his first year in the NFL. Seeing him healthy again, running is just it's awesome. Um, there is a chance, you know, the Giants you know, obviously they have a game at home. Their home opener versus the Panthers, who kind of disappointed in Week One. They win this game, then you have the Cowboys, Sands, Dak Prescott, Week Three. Um, week four versus the Bears, who were just you know I, I know they won that game, but it was an ugly game, and I'm not really feeling too hot about the Bears. So I feel great about the Giants, and I feel really good about Saquon being back. And um, it is great to see CMC versus Saquon both healthy uh, facing off this Sunday. So I'm happy for for them. But it, it was it was so good. It was the it was the best Giants moment since I, mean, I guess making the playoffs in 2016. Like they were that irrelevant for this long. It's crazy to think about.
0: I'm excited for you, uh, and I'm excited for all these people that took Saquon in the third and fourth round, but I don't want to get too excited too early because injuries happen. I don't know why. I feel like this guy is a magnet for injuries, so I hope that is not the case, but his matchup this week is So good. Um, Last week, the Panthers surrendered 187 yards and two touchdowns and allowed an 83.5% catch rate to the Browns running backs in week one. So Barkley, 194 yards from scrimmage last week, wheels up. And on the other side of this, I really love Christian McCaffrey too. Some people complaining didn't like what they got out of Christian McCaffrey. Thought it was perfectly decent for his first uh, game back. They're going to let him have regular rest days. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel better. Um, again, a great matchup versus the Giants this week. So, you know, both guys are are wheels up for me in DFS lineups as well. Even though they are pricey, they are probably worth this spend up. Let's talk about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon.
1: Let's do that. I mean, talk about weird wacky games. Home, oh, well, I I still, okay, can't, I still was, can't get over the ending. I don't even care a lick about the Seahawks so the Broncos. But that was insane. I
0: needed one more pass from Russ to, to Jerry Judy. <laughs> so I could beat Cynthia Freeland.
1: No, no, no. We don't no, you, mean, don't, you don't you don't pass. If you have Russell Wilson and quarterback and a great receiving court, you don't pass. You very long. I'm hoping
0: that Nathaniel Hackett learned his lesson because it is such a good matchup this weekend with Houston. And and one of the interesting things was to me. The whole split of this backfield, like we were right that it was split. I don't think we understood how it was gonna be split. Again, one game and a very specific situation, but Melvin Gordon with 12 carries, Javante with seven, Javante led the team in targets. He had 12 targets. That's ridiculous. They both had the opportunity to have a touchdown. Don't get me started on that. Um, and ruining my bets. Guys, come on. Um, so I don't know what to expect. I mean, it, you know, Javante Williams looked amazing, right? It, we were all screaming. We're like, look, the guy's averaging like eight yards per attempt. Why don't you put him in? I can't believe you gave it to Melvin. He fumbled. And then Javante Williams came in and did the same thing. Uh-huh. So they're both, you know, in the doghouse as far as I'm concerned. But in the end, Javante Williams was the one that put up the much bigger fantasy day. I have a feeling that Gordon is going to retain goal line duties you know, like two to one and opportunities that's my guess
1: I could definitely see that I know we talked a lot earlier in the year about the the value and drafts because uh, everyone seemed to love Javante Williams that was everyone's guy we have to get in the middle of rounds but you pointed out Melvin Gordon like just as effective last year on similar amount of touches uh, I do think he'll be impactful in other ways like you said it's goal line it's it's to spell Javante Williams um, you know if he's running the ball a bunch in a row I still think Melvin Gordon has a role there but honestly what really worries me it's just like is Nathaniel Hackett just going to be a miserable play caller I He's a miserable offensive mind. Some guys are not fit for the position, so I'm going to be interested to see. You know, if the if this the the Broncos start off 0 and two, and it's just going to spiral out, and you bring in Russell Wilson for nothing, um, it's just it may hurt everyone's value on the on the team. But yeah, I mean, if you have Javante Williams right now, you're probably pretty happy.
0: So my hope is that Nathaniel Hackett is a quick learner and they're going to realize they just paid this guy big bucks and the whole point was to let him loose. So uh, what I loved was seeing him and Jerry Judy, because we were all wondering, is it Sutton, is it Judy? But actually Sutton had a good day too. Um, he actually had the bigger share of the team's air yards, believe it or not. So I do think more good stuff is coming for Cortland Sutton. Um, yeah. I think they're both going to be huge weapons. Obviously, Javante Williams, he was going to the tight ends, Albert O, uh, random tight ends mm-hmm. that we never thought of ever rostering. Um, I like all of that. I actually thought Russ looked pretty good. He finished with the 11th best passer rating, the 11th best completion rate. I think I really believe that dear, sweet Russell Wilson, his tender heart got hurt when he got booed. And by the way, Seahawks fans, boo to you, whatever. Boo during the game. That's fine. But booing him when he came out was so tacky. And anyway, it got to his heart, but it did work. So congratulations, Seahawks fans, because I definitely think you rattled him just a little bit, and I think that that also boosted Geno Smith's play. And I do not think Geno Smith is going to continue to be this good going forward. I think he'll be serviceable. Uh, but sorry. I had people writing and be like, "I fell in love with Geno Smith. Should I pick him up?" I'm like, "Oh my God, just calm, just pump the brakes, everybody."
1: Uh, exactly. Like I, I mean, this is the Geno Smith that was in New York on both teams, never. showed this. This was just like a very strange primetime game. He had the energy, like you said, the crowd was into it and, and going after Russ. And, and Russ did look good. Russ made a couple throws. It was one good. throw you know, we were doing our uh, our extra points futures ref and there was that one throw he made that he came, you know, cross body off of one foot. I mean, he still has it. And like that's what I'm saying about Nathaniel Hackett. Like if you, Russ could, Russ could do it. And Russ has the weapons. And when the passing game was working, it makes the running game so much easier. So I just like, fingers crossed, because obviously a lot of fantasy players have a ton of Broncos players uh, on their team. So you have to hope this coach uh, does not really poop the bed and really could – because it should be an explosive offensive team.
0: Do you have any Damian Pierce –
1: I uh, he he you know we talked about this two a few weeks back about it where his draft spot and he was a guy that just like can kept going up 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 and people took him way ahead of ADP so um but I do have Rex Burkhead on on uh, one team so no no Pierce but do have the Rex Burkhead who seemed to kind of have the line share week he- one
0: he definitely had the line share me one and some of that was game script, but I think that maybe we got a little too excited. I don't have any Damien Pierce. Um, I was interested in him when he was going in the seventh and eighth round early, but I just didn't happen to fall that way. Right. But once he started going up around the fourth, <laughs> I was out. Um, so yeah. And Isaiah Pacheco, he was starting to get too high too. Uh, I do have a couple shares of him again from when it was early, but, um, yeah, I was just wondering if you got caught up in the, the Damien Pierce, uh, Love I mean, it all, but you, I love you, that you, you have Rex Burkhead. It. I have him a couple places as well.
1: You yeah, you just said it, Jen. I mean, it, it's like when he was going originally 70th round. Okay, that's fine. They could do that. Uh, when he starts going the fourth round, he, almost like you know, early fourth round, almost third round. It's like uh, I know, and, and it's all you know, fantasy about value. Rex Burkhead. You knew he's going to play. You know, he's going to have a role in the Texans' offense. Um, you know, he's the, the the veteran. He could do it all. So I, I I just you know stayed pat and took Rex Burkhead way later than Pierce was going.
0: We got a question on Twitter, if we had any word on T Higgins Uh, and no, unfortunately the personal reasons thing, I don't know. I understand my understanding was that he was practicing in a limited fashion, um at some point mm-hmm. um this week uh, yesterday was it yesterday he practicing in a limited fashion
1: yeah he, yeah he, yeah, well, cause he left, missed today yeah he missed right. uh, today's practice I, I mean i guess the we don't know what the personal reasons are the good news is it seems like the concussion is not the issue so right. his health um should be fine if he comes back um to the you know it's unclear about sunday versus the cowboys but i, I mean at least we know that he's gonna be okay hopefully for the rest of the season
0: DeAndre Swift, I don't think is going to uh, have a real issue for Sunday either. I think he's going to play. I think it's just a tweak is my understanding from the Rumbles, but it does bring up the point that if Jamal Williams is available, he is definitely somebody you want to grab. He clearly had goal line opportunities and, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is a beast, yeah. um, but Jamal Williams will also get opportunities. He could occasionally be a flex play. And certainly if anything's up with DeAndre Swift, he's the guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift, we, you know, we, we all fell in love with him and Jamal Williams, too. So if he does get some shine this week, that'd be great because we'd love to watch Jamal Williams. He was, you know, the guy who's, you know, crying during hard knocks. But, um, I, you know, I obviously was rooting hard for the Detroit Lions to beat the the Philadelphia Eagles because that's a team you just fall in love with, Dan Campbell and everyone on that roster. Um, so, you know, I think they're going to be improved. I think they're a team that actually could balance it. You know, DeAndre Swift. Is for sure the, the lead back, but Jamal Williams is definitely no slouch, and uh, it's a, it's also a great sign to see Jared Goff and their offense being able to score that many points. So maybe if you have a lot of shares of uh, some Lions guys, obviously Ross St. Brown, great game. Um, you it's it's weird to say like Detroit Lions players are could be good for your fantasy teams,
0: but they could be, and and like chart could definitely be a flex play. And yeah, it's really interesting. Um, some concern among some people about Derek Carr. Um. There's no way I'm sitting Derek Carr this week versus the Cardinals. Uh, The Cardinals looked awful. I still kind of believe in the Cardinals. I feel like they're going to bounce back. Um, But there's no way I'm sitting Derek Carr. He did get picked on with the Chargers defense, but the Chargers defense is very, very good. I expect them to be good tonight, too. Um, So, yeah, I think you should fire up Derek Carr. Um, A lot of people think it's going to be a Hunter-Renfro game this time around. It will always be a Devontae Adams game. Our concerns about whether Devontae Adams would be good—he's fine.
1: <laughs> it, it was awesome seeing him; just their their rapport in Week One. The crowd going crazy whenever he had the ball. I, I definitely don't sit. Derek Carr, there, there's too many good parts in their their offense that he's, he, you know, they played a, it. Was, it's a good Chargers team. They got to him. He it was a sloppy game. It happens. It's week one again. It's the rust thing. It's just not being together. It's just you know the preseason now is not what it used to be years ago. Uh, I'm all in on on uh, on Derek Carr and you know the Cardinals. Um, I it's very strange how we perceive NFL teams because the Cardinals last year started hot, finished poorly. People wrote them off. This year, if they start off slow, which they could because they're getting you know arguably their best player back uh, after you know missing six weeks in DeAndre Hopkins they're to me a team a second half team so Jen I am not getting off the Cardinals bandwagon just yet so I'm with you
0: concerned about Tom Brady
1: mm, I don't think so I think Tom Brady is gonna I know they have to get off the schneid of not being able to beat the the Saints but I, I and seeing five receivers on their injury report never good if there ever it was a guy in the history of the NFL to play with the chip on his shoulder, it's Tom Brady. And I know Giselle is not making comments, and and the, that he has to be more present. Uh, I think Brady's going to be fine. I think the Bucks are going to be fine. The Bucks defense is legit, and it's going to make life a lot easier for him. And if they just let you know Lenny and, and do the work, and he's just along for the ride for a few weeks to kind of weather the storm, I think it's okay. Maybe in fantasy, not going to be great for you right now, but I think uh, going forward, you know, he's going to be fine. And uh, maybe we'll see a bit of a, a, a shootout. Out on this uh, depending how great james could be i also wouldn't be shocked if james threw a few picks with how good that defense is and kind of uh, stinks it up for the saints and i, I could see the box winning like in a blowout in this week
0: yeah uh Nett, apparently a little bit limited at practice this week so keep your eye on that how about julio jones welcome hey. back Right? Everyone,
1: everyone wants to play with Tom, and he he found like whatever I couldn't everywhere. find in him, and he yeah, you know, I, I mean where he was going in drafts is great.
0: People may have laughed at me; it was such a value pick to me, and I was so happy. And I've got him in in place of T Higgins in almost every leg mm-hmm. this week because I don't think you know I'm I'm doubtful that T Higgins will play. So Julio Jones is my guy, and I am loving it. Assuming he's healthy, of course. But they're all on the injury list, so mm-hmm. I've got Russell Gage teed up as well for that spot. Um, Absolutely loved seeing Julio Jones out there. Oh, it's, I mean, good. it's
1: great. I, I hope, like, you know, the way, obviously, his, to see him, his career finish the way, like, maybe get to a Super Bowl and win one, it'd be great for him, obviously, them losing with the Falcons. So, uh, I, I, it's, it was a smart move by them getting him and it's smart for fantasy players to draft him going late, especially, you know, you, when you draft him, you probably thought Godwin would miss a couple of weeks. Um, he came back a little sooner than people thought. So, it's, it's, you know, I, I think Lee Jones is going to have a fine year for being a wide receiver three or so on their depth
0: chart. Well, Godwin so, should be out for a while now. Well, now, uh, Right. Expectation, so yes. that that helps with Julio Jones a lot and Mike Evans a lot, uh, in my opinion. Yes. um We have any more questions, Eddie? We have five more minutes. If you guys have any, you can jot them into YouTube or Twitter. But let's talk about the Steelers. Or do we uh, have a question? W-
1: Martin quickly wrote. Uh, he yeah. was wondering because we were talking about Saquon before the commitment to uh, um I I wrote back uh, just for me reading everything about there is to read about the Giants and all the beat reports and stuff. Their plan was, like, if Saquon's healthy, it's Saquon's ball. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. It's not going to be as much of a committee as it was, uh, you know, the last few years when he was coming back from injury and stuff. And I mean is not a bad backup at all. But I, I just think that, especially how Saquon played in week one, like, I just don't see them ever starting a drive with him not in there. It's going to be 26th all the way.
0: Yeah. But if you need, if you're thinking ahead, Martin, if you're thinking if anything happens to Saquon uh, and you want to just have the depth then sure, Matt is somebody you could have as the depth though. Matt Breida is also, he, he's a really efficient runner actually, but he gets injured a lot. Yes. They both kind of have the same problem. Um, but yeah, if you're thinking of backing up your Saquon or someone else's Saquon pick because they didn't pick up Matt Breida, then I think that's an option. It all depends on the size of your bench, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in that case, but no, I don't think in any tandem case, you'll never use them as a Mizzle flex. Um, last team to talk about the Steelers. I actually did pick the Steelers to cover. And I actually said in an article I published at Sports Illustrated that I thought they would win versus the bank uh, versus the. Uh, the Bengals in the first week because there would be a Super Bowl hangover. And that is what happened. Uh, the Steelers had great defense. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they're going to be without TJ Watt for a while. But good news is it's not as long as it could have been. A um, few, what, four weeks, they're saying maybe? Four to six weeks?
1: Yeah, that's what, which is pretty optimistic for that injury. But, I mean, if they yeah. say it, I'm not a doctor, well, so –
0: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, But they looked kind of frisky. Interestingly, when Najee left, it ended up being Chase Claypool uh, that had the most rushing yards for the team. So that made me encourage that Chase Claypool is going to somehow be involved. As far as the other receivers, um, nothing stood out to me me the way I wanted it to, to feel like I had a little more clarity about who was the best guy. Trubisky's out there saying, you know, we need to have more of that dog in us. Or what did he say? I don't know. Something
1: he said that they yeah they should have been uh, aggressive and they th- need to do more it's like well yeah you yeah. you you had five turnovers i mean they the yeah. Steelers defense got you the ball back five times five turnovers and you did nothing and did absolutely nothing and he's it's like a not, i i'm not saying you have to put in Kenny Pickett um uh, now as a uh, overreacting overcorrection for a week 1 thing but if it was me i would have started Kenny Pickett from day 1 i, I don't think Mitch Biski um you know he, he's never done anything to prove to me that he should be playing for an NFL team. Um, They didn't want to pull the whole Mac Jones thing starting from day one all the way through, so they're letting – you know, now they're saying they don't want Pickett to play at all this year. That's the case. Fine. Uh, it just, it's great for the Steelers running back if you have Najee or, or you're gonna if he, you know, misses time, you have their backups. But uh, in terms of their receivers, and I know Fryer with the tight end, it's a little concerning because it just does not seem like Mitch is going to be able to push the ball down the field and, and get your, you know, It's they're going to win games on the ground, and they're going to win games by forcing turnovers like they did on defense.
0: Okay. Um, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting. Let's just quickly run down some general start and sits this week. You're definitely starting Matt Stafford this week. Don't freak out, guys. You're definitely starting Derek Carr this week. And you're starting Aaron Rodgers this week, too, in my humble opinion, uh, unless you have some really great option. you Don't think you're trusting James Winston versus the the Bucks. Uh Tua, as we've said, he's not so great for fantasy. Obviously, this is in one quarterback leagues. I'm talking about one quarterback leagues. Only, uh, starting running backs. You want to start Antonio Gibson. Okay. He looked good last week and he had opportunity, So you can feel starts safe. Starting Antonio Gibson. I am starting James Robinson over Travis Etienne If I have the choice, uh, he looked better. Just plain and simple, straight up. And he has a lot more experience. A.J. Dillon, uh, making some of the people that drafted Aaron Jones earlier feel a little stupid after how uh, important A.J. Dillon was, but I think they're both going to be important and you can start A.J. Dillon. Beware, do not start Cam Akers this week. It's not worth the risk. And honestly, if you have the luxury to sit the Dallas running backs, I would. Obviously, you may not have that luxury, but I think we need to watch that situation. As far as startable wide receivers, the sun god seems legit. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, should be trusted. Christian Kirk, we talked about him earlier. He is in a smash spot this week. He was heavily targeted. Michael Pittman, you're always going to start now. I think we figured out he is the number one. AJ Brown, clearly, obviously the obvious number one there. So you're starting those guys. Um, as far as sitting, um, I'm a little concerned about Darnell Mooney. He just saw no action. Now, part of that could have been the weather. But if you have a better option, I understand starting them instead this week. Rashad Bateman, we mentioned earlier, not a great situation. Uh, he happened to get bailed out with a long catch and a touchdown. So he he's OK for your fantasy teams. But uh, it, it was a little rough as far as target share and opportunity. Uh, if you can start Zach Ertz, do it. If you feel comfortable waiting, if you don't feel comfortable waiting, you can plug in Gerald Everett. Uh, you should start Pat Fryermuth. I kind of like Hayden Hurst as a sleeper pick this week versus Dallas. He ran 56 routes last week. Routes, routes, routes last week. And um, we've seen the Bengals, especially if they're with that T. Higgins, right? Uh, we've seen CJ Uzoma pop off for a couple games last year. I feel like that could happen this week versus Dallas. So maybe that's a bit of a gut feeling, but he saw eight targets last week. That's a lot for a tight end. Uh, And then sitting tight ends. Oh, Taysom Hill, the elephant in the room. What do you do with Taysom Hill? Um, Look, he's going to pop off for big games. And I have him on a lot of teams uh, to plug in if I need him in a bye week or a situation. But I don't think you can start him as like your guy every week. Uh, there will be, he'll get in for the wildcat and he will have special package designed for him. He'll have touchdowns, but then there'll be other weeks where he's not used at all. So, um, just be aware and poor Mike Gasicki, I think he's probably, um, he's such a good receiver, but there's just too much competition in Miami. So I don't think you're starting Mike Gasicki. If you can go pick up someone else from the waiver wire, which is the name of our show waiver wired.
1: And we have one last question, Mr. Scambers, uh, here from YouTube. worry uh, about Trey Lance enough to start Carson Wentz.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> because the matchup with Carson Wentz in Detroit is so good. Detroit allowed Philadelphia 38 points last week, mm-hmm. and it just sets up. To be a good situation for Wentz and Trey Lance, there are concerns. It sounds like maybe even his own receivers are uh, disgruntled. The fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is there—that the rumor is they're saying Jimmy G would be better—that means there's going to be a problem with him and Lance. I know that um, with them and Lance, I know that everybody loves Trey Lance for his rushing upside, but I, I can't do it. And um, yeah, so I would start Wentz over Lance this week if it were me. Sure.
1: I I I would too. I mean, even uh, former head coach Mike Martz came out and was like slamming Trey Lance, saying he was looked terrible. I mean, it's it's like we said it many times. Any. Like, there's just he, he's very green, and then the bring back of Jimmy G and all that. Like, uh, we talked
0: about this. We should like pull up our I know our, I know. our I know. excerpt.
1: It feels it feels Insert so it. good to to finally get a, a prediction <laughs> get one right. Product. Yeah, I know. It feels really good.
0: Uh, Guys, this has been awesome as always. We will be back next week with another edition of WaiverWire. Always come to us with your questions. We love answering them. We'll try to keep the storyline going through the whole podcast to hit all the topics we need to hit and then get to your questions individually. We hope you have a great weekend. Feel free to tweet at us directly at Jen Piacenti at that. Eddie Murphy looks changed like he it. changed his handle. I noticed. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, be sure to check out extrapointscom slash arcade, because every week we have a contest where you get to pick the games and you can prove that you're smarter than us. We have a prop contests. We have uh, NFL pick them. There is money involved. If you win the NFL pick them a hundred dollars, if you win, why not free play? Uh, there's a cool gold hat. If you win the props, pick them. I got to go do mine. So definitely get in on that action. Uh, in the meantime, as I said, Any more questions, feel free to send them our way. We will be around. I hope you guys all enjoy Thursday Night Football and go win those matchups on Sunday.